Drunk Dietitians is co-hosted by your favorite tipsy registered dietitians, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. These dietitian besties can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Their mission is for all humans to believe that they were made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. They are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although these ladies are medical professionals, they are human too. They are not afraid to share their deepest, darkest secrets and how years of their lives were taken by diet culture. They started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So grab your favorite cocktail and join Sammy and Jenna for a casual happy hour and expect to laugh, cry. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast. It is Sammy here by myself, solo, missing Jenna right now. Um, But yes, Sammy, owner of Fine Food Freedom here, and I'm really excited for today's episode because this is actually a recording of a training that I did a few weeks back, and I thought, you know, why not share this on our podcast? It's, It's a perfect episode, even though, again, if you hear me talking to people, it's because it was actually a live training that I did. So if you hear me like commenting back to people, don't be weirded out. I'm not talking to myself or my imaginary friends. There were actually people on this uh, training at one point, but you know, the holidays are here. Diet culture is fucking loud. And if anything, like now more than ever, we need all of the resources or all of the support out to, to everyone that needs it. And we want to get it out. So this training is all about how to enjoy holiday meals without food obsession. So I have heard it time and time and time again of people saying, I'm going to air quotes, save my calories for the big meal. Um, whether it's Thanksgiving dinner, uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's Eve. I don't care what you celebrate. Their holidays revolve around food and this constant diet culture cycle of like saving your calories for a big meal and then feeling out of control around food, which leaves you feeling physically and emotionally unpleasant. Um, we're going to talk all about that today, the mechanisms behind that, the research, some tips and tricks, how to overcome that. And then even get into a little bit of nutrition science of how to balance your blood sugar. I think there's big misconceptions that intuitive eating dietitians don't care about nutrition. Of course we care about nutrition, but I don't give a shit about nutrition until somebody makes peace with food. Cause I could give you the best meal plan in the world, but if you have guilt and shame around food, it is not going to help you. So we actually do get into a little bit of how to balance the blood sugar, which is going to help you feel physically and emotionally pleasant during your holidays. So if you've ever said, I'm going to save my calories for the big meal, this one's for you. And yes, I've been there, done that for over eight years of my life. Um, so excited to share this training with you. Um, absolutely shoot us some feedback of what you think. Um, if you liked this kind of format, we are more than happy to share, share, share more Reese's resources for you. So if you do not already, please follow me on Instagram at find.food.freedom and make sure to give Jenna a follow at happystronghealthy.rd for more and more 
you know, holiday survival tips. Um, but we are here to fight diet culture right alongside you. Enjoy today's episode and we will see you on the other side. Awesome. So we're going to just jump on in and get started. And if any questions pop up as well, feel free to send them through and Anna will make sure she also um, kind of collects your questions. Cause at the end we'll do a Q and a for everyone who's left. All right. So let's get started before we, we jump deep into the content for today. I just want to do a quick introduction. Uh, my name is Sammy and I am the owner of fine food freedom. I am a registered dietitian. I'm a, a certified intuitive eating counselor and all of our dietitians at fine food freedom are also certified intuitive eating counselors. Um, I'm a certified personal trainer as well. So really love all things food, all things movement, um, and, and truly making peace with food and body. So you'll see listed on this page, we just have a few different resources of, of how we work with clients. We work with clients one-on-one -on -one in group settings. Um, we also have an online course. I also co-host a podcast. So you'll see me in many wearing many different hats. Um, but one of my favorite things we also do are these trainings right here, right now, where you get to get an exclusive taste to what it's like working with our team um, and truly using some of the counseling techniques that we use in session. So although I am a dietitian and a certified intuitive eating counselor, I have not always been that person. Um, I am a human and I lived in diet culture for many years. Uh, you know, I still live in diet culture. We all do. We're surrounded by it. Um, but I spent eight years of my life as a chronic yo-yo dieter. And as you can see, there's many bullet points on this page that explain some of my habits and behaviors and um, my physical and emotional health of, of how I related to myself. But I truly thought that when you look at everything listed on here, like working out every day to burn calories, um, hated my body, constantly on and off diets, following food rules. At this time in my life, I was actually studying to be a dietitian, and I thought that those habits and behaviors were normal. And I thought that they were actually, I would go as far as to say healthy. Um, so I've come a very long way as if you you know, if you follow us on social media, which chances are that's how you found this training, you know that we support food freedom and intuitive eating and body respect, learning how to take care of your body in a way that honors it. And so you'll see all of these um, bullet points on this slide here um, are a lot more conducive to bettering somebody's health, not only mentally, but physically. And so although I am a dietitian, I absolutely understand if you feel like you're struggling with disordered eating behaviors or struggling to stop yo-yo dieting. Um, I feel you, but I want you to know that you have the power to rewrite your story. And that's what we're here to do is to help give you those tools that you need. Um, so I want everyone here to just take a deep breath. So in through the nose, out through the mouth and, and say, today I will leave guilt and shame at the door. I will give myself grace and I will stay curious throughout this presentation. Um, I, if, if you feel guilt, if you feel shame, if you feel some of these motions come up while we're going through today's um, presentation, please know you don't need to feel guilt or shame for feeling guilt or shame. Those emotions are allowed to be present but just try to kind of check them at the door and really open, open your mind to curiosity around this topic today. 
um, because the more curious you can be, um, the more growth and the more change that can happen. So if you're saying, yes, okay, I'm down for that. Yes, I can do this. I'm going to leave the guilt and shame at the door and I'm going to be curious today. Leave an I will in the chat just so we know that you're here, you're present, um, and that you want to do this. Um, we would love, love, love to see that from you. So in addition to that, the reason that you are all here, um, awesome, Megan, so happy to see that coming through from you. Yes, Anna, love it. Um, so we see some of those I wills popping through right now. So today's presentation, why you are here, how to enjoy holiday meals without food obsession. Um, this is truly a presentation that we could do any day of the year. This doesn't need to just be about holiday meals, but we find that around holiday times, there is more food obsession because there were around food more, right? You think about holiday events, you think about social events, you think about all, all holidays and traditions with the family typically take place around a meal or food is definitely in the vicinity. So this is a really, really important topic, and we're going to have some great tips and things that you guys can do to move forward over these next few months without feeling obsessed around food. So first of all, I think it's really important to note, and I feel like I'm, I'm quoted in so many different podcasts saying this, but food is so much more than just food, okay? So this is a cute little drawing from one of our favorite dietitians slash artists, Taylor. Um, her account is food and fearless. Anna, if you just want to type that handle in the chat, just so people um, can find that, that is a great way for you. If you follow her account, she has so many of these beautiful drawings that just kind of get you thinking um, of, of how your relationship is with food. But this, this drawing here, Food brings so much to the table. She lists everything, nourishment, conversation, tradition, satisfaction, happiness, memories, togetherness, celebration. Um, I want you to, to think about right now, like when you sit down around a table with the ones that you love most in this life, how food is the centerpiece that brings people together. And so if we feel fear around food or obsession around food, that can be really hard to enjoy those precious memories and life holidays, what we're talking about today, if we're feeling the fear and the negative energy around food. So it's important to recognize that food brings so much more to the table and it is so much more than just food. And that's why it's really important to make peace with food, especially going into the holiday season. So as we go into this, I think it is really important to just touch on the fad diet cycle. So when we say diet culture, that, that really encompasses a $72 billion diet industry that sells us fads and pills and quick fixes and kind of tells us that, you know, okay, here's the next thing, right? Here's what's going to bring you happiness. Here's what's going to make you healthy. Here's the magic pill or the magic answer, if you will, using air quotes over here. So in, in diet culture, what happens is some sort of restriction takes place, right? So let's say you're going on the keto diet. I'll use an example. It's going to restrict carbohydrates. And so you will restrict those as long as humanly possible. And you may truly believe when you're on that diet that you're never, ever, ever going to eat carbs again. And then something happens. Maybe it's a holiday. Maybe it's a stressful life event. 
Um, maybe you don't have access to certain foods and you end up eating that food that you were supposed to be restricting or binging on it because you're feeling out of control, which then makes us feel like a failure, which then enter feelings of guilt and shame, which then triggers us to say, I can't do this anymore. I'm how, why am I so out of control around food? I need to start, start a new diet. Right. And that starts a new restriction. So this is a common cycle that we see over and over and over again. And when this cycle is present it is 99.9% of the time we know that binging is going to recur if restricting is occurring. And this is something that I like to use as an image that shows just a few of the things that can cause us to come off of a diet or come off of a restriction. So if we just lived at home in that middle bubble, maybe all of our groceries were bought to our house, we had no stress. We had no work. We had no social life. We never traveled. We just sat at home and maybe had a private chef, right? Cook all our meals for us. Then just then we could maybe follow a, a perfect air quotes diet, right? But then when you look at work, social life, travel, unexpected life events, um, we could throw holidays into the mix, right? There's so many things that affect our ability to make choices around food. And this is just one of the little images that can help you recognize that there is no such thing as a perfect diet. And there are going to be things that happen in life that are going to throw us off a fad diet plan. So we feel as if we are the failures when we can't abide by a diet, but really when we see this bullseye, it, it just helps bring light to how many things are going to happen in your life that it's not realistic or sustainable to stay on a diet specifically during the holidays when we are surrounded by different types of food. So we're going to talk about Thanksgiving as an example, because that's a holiday coming up very soon, but you can use this information for any holiday, any party, any event, anything that you have upcoming where you might be having like big anticipatory feelings towards a meal. So a lot of times when I work with clients, I'll hear them say, okay, okay, Sammy, so I'm going into Thanksgiving and I really need to save my calories all day long because Thanksgiving dinner is going to be really big and I normally don't eat that much. So I need to save my calories. So a lot of times when people say this to me, this is something that they've done year after year after year. Um, and then they say to themselves, I'm going to air quotes, be good when Thanksgiving dinner actually takes place. But then what happens? We feel out of control. We feel extreme hunger. We eat everything in sight. And then we feel like a failure. So I want you to think of these three questions right here. How has this worked for you in years past? So if there was a Thanksgiving in the past that you said to yourself, I'm going to save my calories for, for Thanksgiving dinner. How has that worked for you in the past? Question number two, how has that made you feel physically in the past? So did that make you feel physically pleasant when you did that? So I want you to think of your whole day. Question number three, did that make you feel emotionally pleasant? So as you were restricting, AKA saving your calories throughout the day, and then eating that large Thanksgiving meal at night, did that make you feel emotionally pleasant? These are three reflective questions that can be super helpful when we're looking at this kind of behavior pattern during the holidays. 
So this is another image from our favorite food and fearless Taylor, the dietitian artist who she, she does such a great example here of simply laying this out where this connects so deeply to what we're talking about right now. So it sounds silly, but if you look at the yellow pathway over here, if you have to pee, right, if you have to urinate, you would hold it as long as possible. You would either go to the bathroom, right? You go to the toilet or you hold it, hold it, hold it until you pee your pants, right? So simple. Now, if we look at the green arrows, if we're talking about hunger, let's use this Thanksgiving analogy of, okay, I'm going to save my calories all day long and I'm not going to eat till night. What happens is you're a normal human being with organs that function and you need calories and or energy to keep you moving and thinking and thriving and really just living every single day. So you're going to start to feel hunger sometime mid in the morning on Thanksgiving day. And if you choose not to eat and restrict, 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 what is going to happen is that when you sit down for Thanksgiving meal, you are going to feel completely out of control. Um, and I want you to know that there is no shame. There is no guilt in this behavior pattern. This is a, I say a good thing if you've ever experienced this because congratulations, this means that your body is working properly. And so a lot of times when clients come to me and we're able to identify this pattern, they feel a lot of guilt and shame and they feel embarrassed for this, this pattern. And I want you to know there is no guilt or shame in this. This truly means that your body is working properly. We know that restriction fuels binging. So if you put off eating all day long, no matter what your intention is, when you sit down for that Thanksgiving meal, you are going to feel out of control around food, specifically carbohydrates, because your body is going to feel so low in energy and so famished that it's going to want to eat everything in sight. So what I would love to hear from you guys are, are there any foods that you feel out of control around? Um, so you can put these in the chat, or if you say, I don't want to put them in the chat. I just want to say them out loud. I want to write them in my phone. Um, think to yourself, what foods do you feel out of control around? Okay. So I want you to really think about this. What are foods that, that come to mind for you? And then in that same breath, we want to write those down. We want to say them out loud. We want to think about it, right? So Anna had put sweets in here. Um, typically um, trouble like sweets and chocolate. So we, we commonly see on previous trainings that we've done, some other answers would be maybe pasta, maybe bread, um, uh, maybe uh, French fries, or like others had put in the chat this time, maybe sweets, maybe chocolate. So these things are all carbohydrate containing. So other things we want to think about are what are the types of foods that you're restricting and are they the same? So if you look at, let's say you put a note in your phone, you list it out like chocolate, French fries, chips, bread, whatever it may have been, were you also restricting those foods? And I know Anna was, was kind enough to kind of share at one point in her life, she felt out of control around carbs because those were the foods that she was restricting. 
So it can be really, really powerful to see, okay, what foods do I feel out of control around? What foods am I restricting? Do I see some similarities there? Chances are yes. And that is not by chance, actually. That is because we know that restriction fuels binging. Um, we know that through the research, we know that binging does not occur without that restriction as well. So that's really, really important to take note of. Now, we, of course, I just said that restriction fuels binging, and that's definitely a big part of it. But something else you want to think about are, okay, so are you restricting specific types of foods? That's that middle question there, right? So if it were sweets, if it were bread, if it were crackers, chips, is there a specific type of food that you're restricting? That first question, are you restricting a, an amount of food? So maybe you say, Sammy, I don't restrict foods. I allow myself to eat everything, but your portions of food are restricted or the timing of when you're allowed to eat is restricted. So there's different types of restriction that occurs. And sometimes when we're not restricting certain types of food, it can get tricky because we feel like, well, I'm not restricting. Um, I'm actually just or a specific type of food, just the overall intake is smaller. And then another thing I wrote here, do you have the fuck it mentality? And we're gonna go into this on the next slide of what that actually means. But these are reflective questions that you can go through. And in this next slide, we're gonna to touch on um, a little bit more in depth that once you can identify these things, which we're talking about today, right? Then you can become curious on how to change them instead of having guilt or shame for these behaviors, like we talked about earlier, the more that you have curiosity and awareness around these behaviors, that's where we can start to change them, not from a place of guilt and shame, but from a place of taking care of our body. So here you're gonna see a, another image um, from Food and Fearless. Again, we linked that at the beginning of the chat where you will see an image depicting restriction and binging. And it, it shows how restriction fuels binging. So we can use, I'm gonna use a few different examples with this image and you can see maybe what you identify with specifically. So one would be, let's say a specific type of food which we've talked about a little bit today. So if I, let's say restricted chocolate and I said, I'm never gonna eat chocolate again or I'm not allowed to have chocolate. If we restrict that chocolate, we pull that pendulum back and we say no chocolate, no chocolate, no chocolate, no chocolate. We hit a breaking point and that pendulum swings very far in the opposite direction. Um, and we may feel out of control when we get around chocolate, right? Now that other example, if we go back to our Thanksgiving meal example, is maybe restricting portions of food and or just food in general of saying, I'm going to air quotes, save my calories. And we say, okay, no food, no food, no food, no food all day long. Then we hit that breaking point when we sit down for Thanksgiving meal and we feel out of control around food. And we say, how could I do this? How am I not in control of what I'm eating? Once we allow ourselves to have all of the food, now we're getting into that third question. The fuck it mentality means like, you know what? Fuck it. I already ate all of this food. I might as well keep eating. Or you might even have a stronger urgency to eat more food in this sitting because you say, 
I've already ruined air quotes, ruined my diet. I'm already allowing myself to eat these things. I might as well eat more because come tomorrow or come Monday or whenever that next day is, I'm not allowed to eat these things anymore. So I might as well eat as much as possible, right? And this whole cycle that we see here, I see this commonly with clients not related to holidays. This is like an everyday thing, but I find that it can be exacerbated during the holidays because there's so much more pressure around indulgent foods or maybe family tradition, like recipes that your grandmother made that she expects you to eat or whatever that thing is. And so when we make peace with food, or you can see on this image, the food peace centerpiece is we allow all foods to fit. We remove the guilt and shame around food so that there is no restriction and binging. Food is just food. It doesn't matter if it's a Thanksgiving day, a Saturday, a Monday, a vacation day, a work day. It does not matter what day it is. It is just food. And that is a huge, huge part of making peace with food. Um, but more specifically, if which we're going to hone in on today, a holiday, we need to come up with tactical ways that we can lessen this behavior pattern and not restrict because we know that the restriction causes the binge to occur. Okay. So we're going to walk away from this training with some really, really tactical things that we can do. So this right here um, is it basically just looks like squiggly lines, but what it is meant to depict is your blood sugar. And the more stable we keep your blood sugar, so the more it looks like a flat line or just a little wavy line, if we see the green line on here, this is going to help keep your blood sugar stable, keep your cravings pretty neutral, keep you satisfied, keep you fueled. So the way that we keep a blood sugar in that range is by one, eating consistently, and two, eating certain types of foods together that can help our blood sugar not go up and down and up and down really quickly. Because when we have those blood sugar spikes and falls, that's where we can also feel intense cravings, right? Now, this graph actually, and I should have drawn this on here, it does not show it, but let's say if we go back to our example, which today's entire presentation is centered on, if we air quote, save our calories or restrict, right? And try not to eat all day long. What happens if you take this red line and you just plummet it way below the graph, it would go off of the screen. You wouldn't even be able to see it. If our blood sugar just goes way low because we're not eating all day long, then what do you think is going to happen when we eat? It's going to spike way up, right? Because if we're not eating all day long, that blood sugar is dropping, 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 dropping. And then we get to that breaking point and that's where we start to binge, right? Or we feel out of control around food and that blood sugar spikes way up. So when we're talking about blood sugar, a lot of times people hear these words and they think of diabetes. Um, and when we work with people who have diabetes, we do work a lot on blood sugar control um, because when we have our blood sugars controlled, right? Then our blood sugar isn't elevated. So, but this goes for anyone, whether you have diabetes, pre-diabetes or no diabetes, it does not matter. You will feel physically pleasant if your blood sugar is nice and stable. And 
it's funny because all of us have probably at one point or another experienced a time where you did not feel physically pleasant um, because you had a low blood sugar and a way that you could describe this, and I joke, but I call it being hangry. If you haven't got to food in five, six hours, maybe you were running errands or you got stuck in traffic or you just forgot to pack a lunch or you were too busy and you worked through your lunch or you skipped your breakfast or something happened where you went an extended period of time without eating, that is, you can get hangry where your blood sugar drops, you get angry, you may get irritable, you may get shaky. That is a low blood sugar. And when you get in front of food again, what happens? We eat everything in sight. Typically the carbohydrate based foods feel a lot more satisfying because they're going to get your blood sugar up quicker, which is exactly what your body wants, right? So again, when we're looking at blood sugar regulation, there is no guilt. There is no shame in this. I would be lying to you if I said my blood sugar is always that little squiggly green line. There are days that I am the red blood sugar roller coaster all over the map. But instead of having guilt or shame for that, I can recognize, hmm, did I fuel myself properly today? Did I eat consistently? Did I get a good balance of food? Did I skip lunch because I was working you know, straight through? Why am I all over the map, right? And the more we remove the morality to your food and become curious of these behaviors, that's where we can make the changes, okay? So when we look at, again, blood sugar regulation 101, these are some of the most simple, simple, simplified versions of what you can do. And simple is better because the more simple it is, the easier it'll be for you. So when we look at this, one thing that, it's, that is under talked about with blood sugar regulation, and I'm going to show my water bottle is hydration. Um, water intake has so much to do with our body's ability to regulate blood sugar. Water is found in every cell of the body. So it is very important to make sure that we are adequately hydrated. Now, again, if there's a day that you don't get water in, instead of beating yourself up and having guilt and shame, asking, what can I do that'll make it simple to get water in throughout the day? This water bottle is a very simple example of each night I go to bed, I fill this up with full water and it is on my nightstand. So first thing in the morning, when I roll over, I have that water there. I also love using a straw because it's super simple and easy to do when I'm counseling, when I'm driving, when I'm talking, I can easily stop and get a sip of water without having to remove a lid and throw my head back and basically stop what I'm doing. Cause I want to just keep going. Right. So water intake is super, super important. That's one thing that you can say, Hey, okay, I can focus on this Thanksgiving day. I'm going to work on my hydration and make sure I have a water bottle nearby and try to get some adequate water intake. Now related to food, which was just on the slide that we just looked at that. Well, for looking at the blood sugar levels and roller coaster, right? The more consistently you eat, the more consistent your blood sugar will be when we're talking about neutral, right? That, that flat line or the little ebb and flow. So general, I'm going to call it a rule of thumb, but I hate even saying the word rule because as you know, here at Find Food Freedom, we do not believe in food rules. Generally speaking, if we can eat something every three to four hours, you are going to feel 
a lot more physically pleasant and a lot more calm around food. So when we look at eating, if, if we look at the bullet points on this slide, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. And then of course, we also include dessert on this slide. So if we look at our Thanksgiving day, if years past, it was nothing, 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 nothing Thanksgiving meal, of course, you're going to feel out of control. Your body, your brain, all of your organs need calories, which are energy to function all day long. So you're going to feel out of control around food. This year, when you sit down for your Thanksgiving meal or any holiday meal, if we can be very intentional about trying to get something to eat, starting with breakfast and about every three hours, give or take, um, until we get to Thanksgiving meal, that is so important because it's going to keep your blood sugar stable. And that's where you can ask yourself, okay, how do I physically feel when I do this versus years past? If we've not ate, not ate, not ate, not ate, and then sat down for a meal. Lastly, on this slide, you'll see eat protein, carbs, and fat at every meal. Now, again, we do not believe in food rules. And I would be absolutely lying to you if I said that every meal that I ate had these three components to them. This is not about perfection, but it is totally about consistency and just trialing to get these things in. So what I mean by that, I'm going to use breakfast as an example. If I sat down for breakfast and I ate one hard boiled egg, that is not a breakfast. That is one hard boiled egg. So if I were to sit down for breakfast, if I could do, let's say two pieces of toast, which would be carbohydrates. If I could put two eggs, uh, let me go back. If I could put avocado and smash that into the toast, which would be a form of fat. And then if I could put two eggs on top of each of those, like open face sandwich, and then personally I would put some hot sauce and maybe some everything but the bagel seasoning on there as well. Um, but to each their own with flavoring, that would be considered a meal that would have the carbs, the protein, the fat that would be considered an adequate meal. So of course the frequency of eating is really, really, really important, but making sure that if let's say you have that meal, is it actually a meal? Does it have all of the components that we just talked about? The protein, the carbs, the fat, um, and it doesn't always have to be, when I use that avocado toast example, it doesn't have to be a very in-depth meal where you're cooking, you know, this five course meal every morning or, or afternoon for lunch. It can be quick and easy things, quick and easy options, right? So um, that was just one example, but if you're, if you feel like your frequency of eating, you're like, yes, you know what? I do eat something every three to four hours. If you feel like you you're like, check the box. I do that. That next step is looking at what are your components of your meal? Like, and are you getting those three components there? So now we're looking at how to form a holiday plate with ease. Now I'm going to put a couple of different tips on here. Um, and again, to each their own, some of you might say, eh, I don't want to do this. These are just examples of ideas that we've done with clients in the past that have gotten rave reviews um, and have cultivated a lot of calm around mealtime. So the first thing before we even get into making up your holiday plate, 
I want you to think about being present in the eating experience. So something that we started the presentation with is I asked you, you know, when you saved your calories and restricted yourself all day long and then ate a big Thanksgiving meal or a big holiday meal in the past, how did that work for you, right? Did you feel physically pleasant? Did you feel emotionally pleasant? If the answer to those are no, I felt horrible. And then I was beating myself up, guilty, shameful. I just wanted to start a diet. Okay. That probably we weren't being present in the eating experience because the time that we sat down to eat, we were so physically hungry that we're just stuffing our face again, urgency to eat, trying so hard to get it all in. So then it's over. And then tomorrow our diet can start again. Right? So now what we're doing, we talked about ways that we can fuel our body throughout the day. We can hydrate our body throughout the day. Those are actual forms of self-care is feeding the body such a, such a necessary thing. So we're feeding our body throughout the day. We're hydrating throughout the day. So now when we sit down for our holiday meal, we can sit down and say, I can be present, right? I'm not like diving into the food because I'm so hungry. I'm going to eat my arm off. I can sit here and be present and be grateful for the people I'm surrounded by and, and be grateful for the food that I'm being served and really experience it, taste it. Um, see if I even like it. Sometimes we get so caught up with obsession with food that we don't even taste our food. And we, we really don't know if we liked it. And sometimes we don't even remember eating it. Um, if we, if we really are that unconscious of an eater, which is really, really common. So, okay. So the first thing is being present, right? So let's say I'm going to use Thanksgiving day as our example. We wake up, we hydrate our body. We eat breakfast, we eat a snack, we eat lunch, we eat a snack. We sit down for Thanksgiving dinner. And we're saying, I'm going to be present, right? I'm going to be mindful in this moment. Um, and then we're going to build our plate, right? So I'm speaking off of my family experience where I come from a big Greek family where we have tons of food out and we are loading up our own plate. Now, other families might do it different where you might be served your food, where you don't get to be the one choosing your food. But I'm going to use this example as if you are choosing your food. So when we look at that plate, we want some form of protein, right? Typically at Thanksgiving, most people are grabbing turkey, some serve a ham. If you are a vegan or vegetarian, making sure that you have some type of protein option there that will suit your needs. Protein helps balance your blood sugar. So when we went back to that blood sugar chart that we went over, it's going to help your blood sugar look like this instead of those big peaks and valleys that we talked about. So getting some source of protein on your plate. This next part I love because I think it's super fun and you can think of it as being like a professional taste tester. So when you have your holiday meals, typically depending on the family, if you let's say have a lot of extended family coming in and there's a lot of different dishes that are present, maybe it's mac and cheese, sweet potato casserole, um, mashed, just good old mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, like the really creamy one with the crunchy onions on top. Um, all of these different dishes, right? Maybe like home baked, like rolls with butter. So, and the list can go on and on. I'm sure everyone, and feel free if you have like a favorite Thanksgiving side dish, I would love to hear. Oh, stuffing. How did I forget stuffing? Oh my gosh, that's my favorite. Um, Trader Joe's, I just went yesterday. I saw they have cornbread stuffing. I'm like, okay, I got to try this. So 
Yes. A lot of you are saying stuffing too. Love it. Sweet potato casserole. Perfect. Um, so these foods are so amazing, right? And we may not typically eat them every day of the year, although we should, like, why aren't we? But that's a whole nother conversation. So we, we have these, I'm going to call them play or fun foods. And the reason I'm calling them that is we're putting a positive connotation. Diet culture will call them junk or crap, right? You might hear those, those words, um, or air quotes, bad foods, right? Where I'm like, these are the fun foods, right? These are the play foods. These are things we look forward to. So let's first of all, put a positive spin on it. But something that you can do is when you're loading up your plate, intentionally your first round through the the dining experience and when you're plating everything um putting one to two bites so like a, a, a nice size spoon one to two bites of each of those fun or play foods on your plate um and the reason why this is not purposeful restriction you have full permission to eat as much of each of those foods as you want But what you can do is if you have that protein on your plate, now we're taking, let's say the stuffing, the sweet potato casserole, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, whatever those foods are that are there, you take the tasting of those, put them on your plate, go back to the table, taste them, be present. What do they taste like? What is the texture? What is the mouthfeel of those? Do you actually enjoy them? And I know that might sound like a weird question because you're like, of course I do. They're my favorite foods. I only get them once a year. But once you're more present in the eating experience and you're more calm because we're not going to have food obsession because we're going to have fueled our body properly, then you can really be present and recognize like which of those you really, really enjoy and want to get more of and which of them are like, eh, it's kind of underwhelming. Like it doesn't meet my expectation. I actually don't even like it. Or maybe I just don't want it right now. Um, And that's okay. And so doing this, then you get to trial. Okay, what foods do I really like? What do I really enjoy? What do I want more of? Then we go back up, we take our plate and we take a full helping of whatever we really want. Or maybe it's like two half helpings of one of the sweet potato casserole, one of the stuffing, whatever it is. Um, And this is a great way to, again, you bring your plate back to the table. You eat that, you check in. How do I feel right now? knowing that you have unconditional permission to eat, but being present and listening to your body. So, and then of course I put on here a source of something nutrient dense. So whether it's the cranberries, whether it maybe is a a green bean and asparagus, some type of veggie, um, providing your body with fiber and nutrients as well can be super helpful. So this way we're building our plate with all of these fun things. Please recognize that this slide did not say, Fill half your plates with veggies, take a small portion of mashed potatoes and don't eat for the rest of the night. No, that's not what we're doing here. We're enjoying the foods. We're listening to our body. And then something I didn't even put on here is we want to be able to enjoy dessert, right? If that's something that we enjoy. So being able to recognize, okay, I have pumpkin and apple pie here, and I'm definitely going to want some of that but I want to feel physically pleasant when I eat it. So maybe I take not less of this because I can't eat this unless I eat that, but just recognizing your comfortability. How do you feel? Do you feel physically pleasant going into dessert? If the answer is no, and you're like, I'm about to pop, I need to lay down, I feel very uncomfortable. Maybe we wait a little bit and then we get dessert instead of 
pushing it to a place of physical unpleasantness. When we look at intuitive eating, I think a lot of times people think that it means just eating all of the food and because you can and having that unconditional permission to eat and eating to a place of feeling physically unpleasant, that is not true at all. Intuitive eaters have full unconditional permission to eat, but they're able to listen to their body and food freedom is having the ability to say no to something if you feel physically pleasant and you don't want to push it, you're allowed to say no to food as well. So having food freedom at a holiday party does not mean saying yes to every hors d'oeuvre or appetizer or entree that's passed your way. It's being able to call your own shots of what do I want? What's gonna satisfy me? But then also in the back of your brain, having that knowledge and that education of your blood sugar and what's going to make you feel pleasant as well. So we're really right now in this presentation talking about so many of the different intuitive eating principles. There's so many tangents I could go on, um, but we're going to keep it simple since we're, we're wrapping up our time here together and looking at, again, just a, a simple outline. This slide here, you can take a picture of it. Or of course, we're going to be sending the recording out of, you know, how to fill up your plate with ease and check in with yourself of how you're feeling. Okay. So things to avoid this holiday season. Yet again, another beautiful image from Food and Fearless. Um, you'll see there's four things written on here. Delicious holiday food made with love by the people you love. Holiday cleanses to detox before and after the holidays. Holiday challenges that revolve or that um, require weigh-ins, tracking, et cetera, and holiday-themed workouts that punish you for eating. If you eat this, do this amount of burpees, or if you eat this, run this amount of miles. Now you can see that she crossed out the first one, delicious holiday food made with people, um, or excuse me, weighed with love by people you love, because that should absolutely be a part of your holiday season this year. Um, as we started this, this conversation today, food is so much more than just food. It's tradition, it's togetherness, it's celebration, um, it's culture. Um, there's recipes that I'm sure you may experience that have been passed down in your families from years and years and years. So it's loved ones. Um, it's so much more. And the more that we can really make peace with food, we can be present um, enjoy our food, still feel physically pleasant and continue to remove that guilt and shame around our food as well. So we've only covered just the tip of the iceberg in today's training. Um, it, it, food freedom is truly a journey. And especially as we come up on these, you know, these holiday months, it can be really, really hard because there's a lot more diet culture talk. There's a lot more fad diets and, and cleanses and detoxes and all the bullshit starts coming out of marketing, um, especially as January starts to come closer and closer. They're really going to marketers be feeding on people's insecurities. So we want you to know that you're not supposed to have all the answers. You have permission to struggle. It is okay, but please know that it is a journey. And some of these tips and tricks you learned today, I think are gonna be super helpful when you sit down for your meal, but it is okay if we're, we don't completely have food freedom after completing this training. So looking at these questions, how long have you been dieting for? Or when was your first memory 
of dieting in general? That's, these are two questions that I think are really, really important to ask yourself because they can be very telling. Um, if we've been dieting for five, 10, 20 years, there is no way that after a one hour training, I expect you to have all of this down. Um, if you have been dieting for 10, 20, 30 years, I do not expect you to be able to sit down at a meal fully and have zero obsession about food because dieting changes neuropathways in our brain and creates that food obsession. So it's very important to have grace with yourself that if you're noticing that this is something that's going, going on for a while, it will take time. Um, and that's okay. Um, you're not supposed to have all of those answers. And so with that being said, we do have a few seat, um, spots left in our group coaching that we do virtually through Zoom. Um, so of course you are experiencing one of our trainings right now, but with our group coaching, you'll have your camera turned on, you'll have your mic turned on. Um, and we do weekly meetings with our group coaching where we're coming on together and we're applying these intuitive eating principles. We're learning and applying these intuitive eating principles. So our group coaching includes these 12 weekly one hour calls with our team. Um, a friendly reminder that every single person on our team is a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. Um, it is very important that you make sure that when you are seeking support from a health professional, that they are credentialed in what you are trying to achieve. Um, you will also be a part of a supportive community. So we already have ladies in the group that have started their journey. Um, they've said, I have enough with diet culture. I'm done with this and I want to move forward and get support. Um, so you will have other ladies sharing their lived experiences um, and really problem solving together and overcoming obstacles together. And then most importantly, you will be going through our Fine Food Freedom course, which you will have lifetime access to that has over 20 videos, over 120 plus page workbook that goes through the 10 intuitive eating principles and teaches you how to reconnect with your hunger and fullness, how to truly ditch diet culture, um, how to enjoy movement again, how to build respect with your body and a positive body image. And so the course goes through so, so much, but as you're working through that course, you're going to be having these, these group calls as well weekly to get the support that you need. Um, I often find that during this time, people say, oh, it's not a good time. I'll wait till after the holidays. I want to encourage you, if that's a thought that went through your head, um, having support during the holidays can be so beneficial um, and, and can be really helpful. Dawn, I see your comment coming through. Of course, you're more than welcome um, to share any experience in our chat. Um, Dawn is somebody that I worked with personally, who's on our training today. Um, so Dawn, anything you want to share in the chat, you are more than welcome to. Um, so this, this group is, it's so important because it's going to be taking you through 12 weeks, which means it's going to get us through that holiday season. Having support during this time is so important because as we go to these social events with family members or friends who are in the thick of diet culture, it can feel so scary. Uh, it can feel very overwhelming if everyone's just talking about diets all the time or restricting food. So having a great foundation and a group that you can come to for support can be so helpful. 
Um, Dawn, thank you so much for your, your comment. Dawn had wrote in here, um, please consider the journey. I've been working with Sam for nearly two years, seriously an awakening and truly food freedom. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and so we have many, many different, um, support, uh, or Anna actually can share some of our client testimonies on our testimonials page on our website. We have many videos of clients working through our group, um, or one-on-one -on -one support, um, where they, they truly have found food freedom and are now able to genuinely improve their health because they've made peace with food. They remove the guilt and shame with food. So if you're saying, okay, this sounds great, but I'm not quite sure it's for me. Um, group coaching is for you. If, if you're truly ready to say, okay, I want to understand this food freedom, intuitive eating message more. And I want to apply it to me. I want to make peace with food. I want to make peace with my body. I want to trust my body again. Um, I want to eat food and enjoy it, but also still feel physically and emotionally pleasant from my eating experiences. Um, I want to engage in behaviors that feel physically, mentally, emotionally pleasant. I want a community of people supporting me. Um, and like I said, just a minute ago, I want to genuinely improve my health. Um, I think there's so much misinformation about intuitive eating being like, you know, just eat all of the things and we forget about health. It's truly the opposite. We remove the guilt and shame with eating so we can reconnect with our body, trust our body again, and then start implementing habits and behaviors that feel physically pleasant. So if you say, okay, great. It sounds like a good fit. I'm ready to potentially take that, take that next step. Um, we do have an application that you can fill out that'll help you actually it'll help you figure out what is my relationship with food? Like, what is my relationship with my body? Like, so our application is very short. It takes an average of less than five minutes to fill out. Um, and you can find that at bit B I T dot Lee L Y at, uh, or excuse me, uh, slash apply dash find food freedom. Um, and if you type that in bit.ly slash apply dash find food freedom, that will take you directly to our application um, where it's again, a few short minutes, less than five minutes. Um, and it'll help us kind of figure out where you're at with your journey right now. I think it's really important to give yourself credit that you've already taken this step by signing on to today's training and saying, I don't want to obsess about food anymore. I don't want to ruin the holiday season, counting calories, dieting, being obsessed with food. I want to be present with my family and friends. Um, and so you've already taken a huge step just by being here today. So I really, really, really want you to, to think about that um, and give yourself credit for that. Dawn had also shared, thank you, Dawn, again. She said, I had both of my teenage sons talking with Sam a couple of times a year as well, full family journey. Um, like Dawn said, I've been working with their family. You know, food, as we said earlier, it's so much more than just food. It's family and it trickles in to all of our relationships, whether it's with our, um, our spouses, our partners, sons, daughters, sisters, mothers, fathers. Um, food has an effect on all of those relationships. And the more that you can have peace with food, the more that you can be present and really have increased life satisfaction. So 
Again, um, bit.ly slash apply dash find food freedom will take you to our application. There's little spots where you can ask questions. And, and again, it's really helpful to, to just plug in what is your current relationship with food like and where do you want to get? Um, because we would be more than happy to support you. And anybody that signs up for group coaching through this training, this three-day training series, we will be giving a free or excuse me, a bonus call with myself. So as soon as you get into the group, of course, you're going to have your weekly group calls, but you and I are going to jump on a call one-on-one -on -one and get to it. And, and you can tell me what you're struggling with, what your obstacles are. You do not have to wait. We will get right to it together. So with that being said, um, tomorrow we have day two of our training series tomorrow. We're going to be covering how to navigate diet culture talk during the holidays. We're super, super excited for this, uh, conversation just because it's everywhere. And I would say, honestly, with our clients, we have hundreds of clients. That is probably the most common question that we get is help me navigate family and friends and social media bullshit with diet culture during the holidays, because it's so loud and it's so prominent. And in January starts the new year, new you, I'm using heavy air quotes over here, um, marketing. So it's so important to have support during the holiday season. We cannot, unfortunately, um, we have no control over the triggers that occur while we are out in the world, but we can control how we react and what coping mechanisms that we have. So tomorrow is going to be an amazing session that we cannot wait for you um, to attend. And again, you have our link here, bit.ly slash apply dash find food freedom. We will love to see your application come through as soon as we see it come through. If it's a good fit, we'll be reaching out to you. Um, and we'll also give you an option to schedule a one-on-one -on -one call before we get you started in the group. So I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Um, and I will be seeing you Guys, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. I am virtually cheersing all of you. We absolutely love sipping on a cocktail with you and sharing as many nutrition tipsies as possible during this episode. We know there are a ton of pods out there and we are so appreciative of your time that you spent listening to us today. Please be sure to check out the show notes for episode details and all of our guest information. We promise to keep bringing you the best and the most knowledgeable and fun guests we possibly can. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share, and post if you enjoyed our content today. And visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Dietitians to find out what is up next for us on the pod. We absolutely love you. We appreciate you and can't wait to spend more time cheersing with you soon. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.